Hello, I'm Ben Buddy Slack, and I'm the founder of The Swan Song Project. The Swan Song Project is a charity that helps people facing the end of their lives to write and record their own original songs. I've been doing a series of interviews with songwriters where I ask them a little bit about their songs, about their process, um, and a bit about how music may have helped them deal with bereavement in the past. This episode features Eli Paperboy Reed, and I hope you enjoy it. Okay, today I'm here with Eli Paperboy Reed. Thanks for joining us, Eli. Happy to be here. Eli is coming to us from New York City, is it? That's right, from Brooklyn. Brooklyn. So I've been a big fan of Eli's for a long time. I was just telling him, I think, I think it was 2008, I think it was the first time I uh, saw him over here. Um, and yeah, he's one of the finest soul singers in the world, I believe. <laughs> so I'm very you. happy that he's agreed to join Appreciate us. That. Uh, <laughs> um, so if you've seen these interviews before, I do them in three sections. Uh, first, I have my guests to form one of their songs for us and then we have a little chat about how they wrote it. Section two, uh, Eli's going to share with us a songwriting tip that might be useful to new songwriters. And then section three, um, Eli's going to tell us about a song which means something to him relating to end of life and bereavement in some way. So uh, I'm going to hand it over to you Eli if you want to introduce your song. Let me turn this amp on, hold on. Forgot to yeah, turn no it. problem. Let's see. Okay. Um, Maybe we'll play the from the from the new album. Uh, uh, this is the title song from the new album, Ninety Nine Cent Dreams. Sounds good. Looking out the window, hear the ice cream truck. Tearing through the couch cushions, trying to scrounge up a buck. You know, I'm running to get to him before he rolls away. Cause I gotta stay cool on a hot summer day. I got three quarters and two dimes, four pennies. It's all mine, and I'm walking in the street just to be seen. Looking so good, so fresh, so clean. Girl, say, boy, don't be so mean. All I got now on 99 in dream. Running through the fountain on a late afternoon, you know, I always hear my mama calling way too soon. Chasing after girls and try to make them holler. And I hear that bell ring it, find another dollar. I got three quarters and two dimes, four pennies. It's all mine, and I'm walking in the street just to be seen. Looking so good, so fresh, so clean. Guess they put a piece on me. All I got now on 99 and walking in the street just to be seen. Looking so good, so fresh, so clean. Guess they put a piece on me. All I got now on 99 and dream. Ain't got a dollar, can't make no sense, but I run through the bushes and I hop the fence. Can't get the words out, but I'm just in time. Hit my corner, 
still a jingling. I'll get what's mine. Walking in the street just to be seen. Looking so good, so fresh, so clean. Girls say, boy, don't be so mean. All I got now are 99 cents. Walking in the street just to be seen. Looking so good, so fresh, so clean. Girls say, boy, don't be so mean. All I got now are 99 cents. Thanks, that's uh, 99 Cent Dreams. That's right. And that's your new record? Is that, is that what Yeah, that's now? right. It came, out, it came out last year. Um, I have a new one in the works. I was actually going to record it uh, this month, but unfortunately, with everything, that's not happening right now. But we will, I will record a new one, hopefully sometime this summer. Uh, but yeah, that's from the title track from the last album. Brilliant. What can you tell us about writing that? Well, it's actually, so the, the title uh, was inspired by a real 99 cent store that is here in Brooklyn, New York. And I just love the idea of, you know, 99 cent dreams and kind of it, 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 it kind of, I created this like kind of world of nostalgia from just that idea of, you know, being, being a kid and, you know, nothing's more important than you know, I don't know, nothing, nothing costs more than a dollar. Everything is just like, it's like this summertime world that I kind of remember living in as a, as a, a little kid and, and just like, you know, carefree kind of in a way. And, and I don't know, just like how that felt, you know, a particular summer afternoon. You know, I just felt like it was such an evocative phrase and it conjured up a whole world to me in my mind. And, and then it did just the song kind of tumbled out a little bit. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, it kind of um, definitely. Yeah, it's very. You can envision it and digitally envision the kind of. Uh, yeah, that's the. I, that's. I, mean, that, I think yeah. that's the, the best songs are that way. They, you know, can can conjure up a, an image for for you know for the writer obviously, and then for the for the listener too. That's the idea for them to come you know have their own image that, you know, is relatable too. Hmm. Is that how you often work with your songs? Is it something, a particular phrase or something will trigger it and you'll build it from there? Absolutely, yeah. I would say, you know, 75, 85% of songs, I come up with the title first and then the title writes the song for me, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I remember hearing, I think I wrote, you know, an interview of songwriter somewhere about that a lot of songwriting is spotting those phrases. Yep. So like, just, yeah, like lots of people have, you know, see 99 cents shots off and like that but then it's just seeing it and then it triggering to something which exactly. makes sense which you know then you can see that that would be a good lyric uh, right and it turn and you you kind of you 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 the song the song kind of writes itself you know that's like the the, the you know for me 99 cent dreams it's like oh man that's already it's a song title right there like the song's done you just got to find it you know yeah. there somewhere right it's not yeah. that's how i feel like the songs kind of find me you know i, I pick the phrase and the, and then it's like okay i just have to I just have to like 
do this correctly. If I don't mess it up, it'll be good, you know? Yeah. <laughs> do you have a usual process you follow then? Do you, do you just like, do you just play and see what comes out? Do you write Yeah, I mean, a song like first? that, I, I wanted to kind of have, it kind of be a little bit like airy and, and light and, you know, summery. I had this little kind of bell-like guitar riff that I kind of wanted to be like an ice cream truck bell you know like that was the idea is that it, it like that's the there's a little you know uh xylophone on it and stuff like that and, and just just kind of it's the same kind of thing it's like the lyric for me at least kind of guides the the melody and and the the harmony of the song it, it, they all have to to blend together and if they, if they if they don't it's not i don't know it, it doesn't seem it, it won't seem correct like i i don't know i, I feel like like I said, like the song's already there in a way for me, and I, I just have to find the right treatment, you know? That's how I feel about it. Yeah. Yeah, that's great, Eli, thank you. Um, should we move into section two? So this is where I ask my guests to um, share with us a, a songwriting tip that might be oh, useful yeah. for new songwriters. Um, so what, have you, what would you say to new songwriters or aspiring songwriters, Eli? Don't stress the second verse. <laughs> that's my biggest tip to anybody who's trying to write. I did, a, I did a, a songwriting workshop at the um, Stax Music Academy, uh, which is an amazing program in Memphis that is based out of, uh, there's a charter school that's based out of the Stax Museum and they have a great music program and they came, I came and did a songwriting workshop and a lot of the students were saying, oh man, they always get stuck on the second verse. Second verse doesn't matter. Don't worry about the second <laughs> verse. Like, just get back to what you need to, I mean, how many how many songs that you love do you remember the second verse is what I always say you know it, yeah. I think that's the most important thing is, is to you know strong strong melody don't worry about the second verse <laughs> you know make sure you're saying something you know and get to the hook you know get to the hook I mean I'm a, I'm a pop songwriter as much as I am anything else you know so it's like regardless of what you know kind of sonically I, I end up sounding like you know, whether it's soul or gospel or whatever, I always want to filter it through the lens of, of, of pop songwriting, you know? I think that creating, like, I mean, that's what I feel like soul music really is, is this, like, these just really beautifully sung, orchestrated, well-crafted, incredibly produced pop songs. Because there's still, you know, regardless of, of, of you know, kind of the, the great drama and, and, and kind of anguish of the singers and all of that, the songs still stand on their own as, as, as pieces. So I think, I think it's like, yeah, that, that, that's my advice is, is to, is to, you know, think about still like a, like a, whatever, whatever genre or style you're in, you're still writing a pop song, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Thank you. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, I've not thought of it like before, but you're right, the second verse is the, uh, the less, less important of them. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. Third verse, who cares? <laughs> Good stuff, yeah, thank you. Um, so uh, section three is where I ask my guests to uh, share with us a song that is meaningful to them relating to bereavement in some way. Sure. Um, so uh, I've asked you to select a song, and the link for the song will be in the description for this video. So if you're watching okay. it and you want to go and listen to the um, song, come back and listen to what we you'll have to say about it. You can do that. Um, so what song did you choose for Zile? This is a song called Hello Sunshine, which is a song that actually has a lot of meaning for me for a lot of reasons. Um, it was written by King Curtis. Uh, and 
I would sing it to my daughter uh, every morning when she was a little baby waking up. And then uh, my father-in-law, my wife's father, passed away a few months ago. And we were talking, I mean, and, and uh, his wife asked me to sing a song at the memorial service. And my wife and I were kind of struggling with what song that would be. And then we kind of both came upon the song, Hello Sunshine. Um, which I had sang at, all, at, a, at, a, at an incredibly happy moment in my life. So I feel like it's a song that works on a lot of levels. And it's like, uh, I talked a lot about when I was making the My Way Home album about songs that are what you call inspirational. And they're not necessarily gospel songs, but they're not necessarily secular either, you know? There's a lot of songs that I think are like that. I mean, the song like Lean On Me or whatever, for instance, yeah. it's like, it can be taken a lot of ways and it can fit a lot of different situations. So the song, Hello Sunshine is a happy song, you know, but it, but it worked in this, you know, sad and, and mournful context also. And I think it's, it's like, it just speaks to the power of a song like that, that it, that can, it can work in, in that way. And it's a song that's been recorded by, you know, secular artists and also gospel artists. And, and it has this, this crossover kind of all encompassing appeal and and uh and I think is is moving in all these different contexts, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's a beautiful song. It's not not one I was familiar with before until you sent me no. the link uh, earlier on. It's uh yeah, it's, I, I agree completely. It's I can you can see it fitting in very lots of different contexts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And how did you find um performing at the memorial? I imagine that must have been a it was, you know, it was, I had never, you know, I, I, I've, I've actually, I've sung it at some funerals before. I was in a gospel group when I lived in Boston and we sang at a funeral for, for a member of that group. Um, it wasn't somebody that I knew particularly well, so, but it was still a very strange experience. Um, singing at the funeral for, for someone who I did know and, and obviously it was an important part of my life. I don't know. It, it was hard because it's a very different kind of performance than something that I'm used to, you know, performing for an audience where you are the object of adoration is very, very different than, than playing a song that is supposed to be a testament to, you know, someone who's passed away. It's, it's, you're not the focal point, you know? So that, I, I don't know. It was, it was certainly different and, and, I don't, I don't, I, I had a hard time kind of figuring out how to, how to perform it in such a way that I felt was reverent enough for the scenario, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree completely. I've, I've, I've done a few with, through the Swanson Project of songs that I've written of people who have then passed and the family mm -hmm. have asked me to perform at the funeral. Like it's the same thing. Like it's, it doesn't feel like you, like you would perform in, in a normal setting. Right. And, um, it felt for me. It feels very weighty in a way. Like you, I don't know. It's not not more pressure in a way, but more like responsibility to do the song justice and to Absolutely. do the audience justice in a way. Is what I was kind of thinking that. Yeah. Yeah. Responsibility is a good way of putting it. Well, and and to perform it in such a way that is not showy, but still emotional. Yeah. Yeah. And that's hard, you know, especially when you're a singer like me. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm sure he did a great job of it. Anyway, I'm sure it meant a lot to everyone who was there. Um, yeah. it's, it's like it takes such a uh, it's such a um, courageous thing. You know, it's such a hard thing to do to to be the person who performs. You know, like I always admire people who give speeches at funerals as well, and especially when you know someone's partner or children can get up and speak. Just just getting up and doing doing anything in those settings can be very tough for people. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, thank you very much for joining us, Eli. I really appreciate it. Yeah, happy to do it. It's a, it's a neat, neat project. Thank you, man. Yeah, thank you. And um, you're doing you're doing live streams pretty much every day, aren't you? Yeah, pretty much every day. Uh, sometimes yeah. I take the weekends off, but every day at, at uh, I guess in the UK it would be uh, nine nine o'clock uh, GMT, uh, four o'clock here in New York. And uh, yeah, I'm, I just kind of for my own, you know, during this this uh, this crazy time we're in right now, playing requests and talking to people and just you know, seeing what comes up. I feel like a half an hour a day of, of music to kind of lift people's spirits is a, is a, is a positive thing. I mean, you know, on the subject of, of mourning or whatever, we're all in this kind of bizarre grieving process right now for not just for people, but for kind of a, a, the, the world that, you know, the things that we've lost, you know, and, and, and we might not be able to get back again. So it's, it's, it's a strange time for people, and, and I'm I'm just trying to play some music and make people feel normal again. I suppose. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a great thing. I think it does a lot, a lot of good to be seeing different people engaging and um, yeah, you know, different options of entertainment and linking up with different people. And yeah, so it's, uh, it's really good. So people can check that out on your Instagram page and it's on your Facebook as well, is it? Yeah, both. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Facebook, Eli, um, Instagram, Eli Paperboy Reed, all one word. Eli Paperboy Reed. Is this, I can't remember where I heard this, but is the, the, the paper boy come because you always deliver? Is that what it is? That, oh, what <laughs> that is, it's become that, but it used it, it came from a hat that I wore a long time ago, um, like a little newsboy hat. Uh, but that, uh, it, I've since stopped wearing it, so I feel like that's a much better, <laughs> it's a better, uh, better slogan. Yeah, I think it's a good one, is that <laughs> good stuff? Yeah, I really appreciate you, um, giving us some time, and hopefully, Absolutely. I'll be able to see you again, um, in the near future. Hopefully, it won't be too long before you're back over. I hope so too. Yeah. All right. Thanks, yeah, man. Take care. Cheers, Eli. Thanks a lot, man. Bye bye. Peace out.